Why don't we all rise for a word of prayer? Brother Michael, could you open us up in a word of prayer and then one, one other brother uh, also pray? Yes, Lord. God, I thank you for, for uh, all these many blessings that you richly and freely bestow upon us, for brothers and sisters that we can fellowship with. God, I pray that you continue to draw us together, lead us towards holiness, and even today, God, I pray that we can open our hearts and lives to hear your word preached, God, that it would uh, fall upon fertile soil and that, uh, that seed and word could Bring forth life in our lives. Yes, Lord. God, we pray for Luke. Luke bless him as he speaks his word, uh, the rest of the speakers today to you, God, that uh, we could hear from you and uh, speak forth your heart and your word this morning. In Jesus' name. Yes, Lord, like, like Brother just said, Lord, encourage hearts today as we face life and all the challenges that come with that. Lord, I pray that today the message be received in the spirit that it's intended and um, just uh, be with us today, Lord. I, I do pray also for the other messages today. I know that whatever you bring, Lord, it, it all has, it all comes together. And so I just pray the part that I have to to bring today, Lord, that it's that uh, your will comes through on that. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for the beautiful day outside. The snow is gorgeous, even though we may not want it. And uh, just uh, thank you for this this time, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, my position as a, as a public school teacher of an activity has some unique opportunities. And um, I often get to take on the role of a coach, so to speak, because I'm teaching a skill in many ways. And, uh, and I enjoy that part of it. And one of the highlights of being a coach, I feel, is that sometimes it's your job to give that motivational speech at the right time so that you can get more from that student, that athlete, that whatever you're, you're working with, that you're coaching, you can get more from them than they possibly thought they could do. And it's, it's all about timing, and it's about being ready uh, to, give, to give that speech. And I would just like to say, this morning, in a sense, I would like to be a coach for you for a few minutes. 
And uh, so, uh, with that in mind, the message this morning is a simple one. And that is that you are in a race. According to the Bible, you are in a race. And that's uh, the, the point that I want to dwell on this morning. You are in a race. I have a little picture here that I tried to draw. I actually traced it off of something. It's a picture, if you can see it from where you're at, a crude picture of some boys running. And they're straining hard. They're in a race. And I just want you to have a picture like that in your mind. If you can't see it, just picture a group of boys, will say, running as hard as they can in a race. And you know what a race is all about. We've all seen them. And this is really, this time of year, in schools, it's track season. They are out there running uh, every, every day after school, training, and then they run their races on different nights. So I just want you to kind of have that picture in mind as you are, um, as, as I'm going through the message this morning here. You are in a race, okay? And Coach Miller this morning has one word of advice for you. In light of the fact that you are in a race, I have one word for you. Run! Let's run! We're in a race. Let's run! Okay? The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And make no mistake, there is a race set before us. We are in a race. It is set before us. There, in 1 Corinthians nine twenty four says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all. So everyone that's in a race, and we are in a race, everyone runs. No one gets to not run. If you're in a race, you run. There's no, there's no other thing to do. There's no other purpose. If you're in a race, you run. Run. And Paul says, in two verses later in verse 26, I therefore so run. So Paul includes himself. I am running. We're in a race. Run. Everyone runs. So we run. In Philippians 3.14, he says, I press toward the mark. It doesn't use the word race in there, but it gives the idea that he's straining, like these people running in a race. He's straining toward a goal. And when you're running a race, we might talk about this later, when you're running a race, you're not looking back. You're looking forward. You have something there, and he even says it in that verse that we'll look at later. What is a race? A race, in a literal sense, we might think of uh, simply like a speed contest, right? A speed contest is what, what we would see at a track meet or something like that. We're in a speed contest, and, um, and that is one meaning of the word race. But if you look in the dictionary, there, ha- there are up to seven different meanings for the word race. And I want to consider a different meaning for the race other than speed contest. Because when I study what uh, a speed contest in the context of what the Bible's talking about is race, it doesn't make perfect sense. All right, when we're talking about that, and we'll, we'll uh, explore that uh, briefly. But uh, one of the other meanings, one of the other definitions for the word race is an onward movement, or an onward course, or a regular course, or a path, or we might even say a way. That's a, a, one of the definitions of the word race, is that it's a path, a way. Jesus said in uh, John chapter 14, I think maybe in verse 4, 
He starts out in saying, uh, And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. The way ye know. And Thomas says unto him, We we don't know where, where you're going, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. No one gets to the end, the goal, but by me. And so Jesus is saying, I am the way. In a sense, he could be saying, I am the path. I am the onward movement. I am the race. I am the race that you're involved in, that you're engaged in. You're in a race. And I am the way, that onward path, that onward movement. And to me, that makes more sense to understand what the Bible says about being in a race in our, in our role in it. So, uh, Let's consider again the Hebrews passage that include, and we'll include a little more context in that verse. Hebrews 12.1, obviously I'm not quoting the whole verse at this point. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience, run with patience the race that is set before us. So as I look at that little clause in there, run with patience, that doesn't sound as much like a speed contest to me as it does... Here's a course, and I need to go from here to the finish. And it's an onward course. Okay, let us lay aside, if I can find that again, um, every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. This gives us the idea that this is a course to be completed, and not a speed contest. If you, if you think of a marathon, let's say like the Boston Marathon has hundreds and hundreds of people running it, right? And, and we would say that is a race. But I would tell you that a very few people in that race are in it to be the first person across the finish line. There are only a few people who even think they'd have a chance at that. So maybe for a few people, the Boston Marathon is a speed contest. But for a vast majority of the people, the hundreds and hundreds of people that are in there, of all ages that are running that race, it is not a speed contest. It is a path. It's a course. It is something that their goal is to finish it. If they finish, they feel accomplished. That's a big deal. I ran the Boston Marathon. Did you win? Yes, I won. I finished. I made it all the way to the end. I didn't quit, right? Uh, you, only one person crosses the line in first place. So I want to I want to think of the race more in in that kind of a, a context. The Greek word that's translated as race in the Hebrews verse. Let me say that verse again for you. Um, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The Greek word has been translated into the word fight in other places in the Bible. It has also been translated into the word conflict or contention. So it gives a little better idea of what, what is meant on there. So if that word was translated differently, let us run with patience the race that is set before us could also say, let us fight with patience the fight that is set before us, or the contest, or the contention that is set before us. could be another way to, to look at that. Because in the race that we're running, there is a lot of, there, that we come up against conflict in our life, right? Things that, that challenge us, obstacles. So let us run with, uh, fight with patience. The, uh, the, the fight that is set before us is another way you could look at that. So that Greek word that's, that's translated as race, 
Uh, another place in the Bible where it's translated as fight, I will uh, share with you, is in 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. Paul says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. Finished my course almost sounds like a race to me. More than a fight. I have fought a good fight could also have been translated, I have run a good race. I have finished my course. In 2 Timothy, it's the same Greek word that was translated to fight instead of race. Also in 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith is the same Greek word that was translated race before. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. So run the good race of faith, lay hold on eternal life is a possible way that that could have been translated and, and, uh, and been uh, realistic. Uh, so, uh, to be practical now about this whole idea of the race. I've said, you're in a race, and you've got to run. Okay, what does that mean? Because we're not literally meant to be running. We're not all running right now, physically, literally running. So it, it's, it's um, an analogy for something. It's symbolic of something. So what does it mean to be running in a race? And I found a, uh, a beautiful scripture in Galatians that gives us really some clarity on that. In uh, Galatians 5, 7, Paul says, Ye did run well. Who did hinder you? Who did hinder you? I'm not going to finish that just yet. So Paul's saying, you did, past tense, you were running. Who did hinder you from running, basically, is what he's going to say next. But he says it differently, and it gives us an idea of what running is. So, ye did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? So, obeying the truth is equated to what running is meant in the Bible. So, we're running a race. We're obeying the truth. That's what the practical outworking of running is for us. So, when I say run, that means we're obey the truth. When the Bible says uh, don't stop running. Keep going. Press on. That means don't stop obeying the truth. Don't stop obeying doing God's will uh, in that. So that's what the race is all about. It's about doing God's will till we're finished with our course, our, our uh, onward movement, uh, if you will, on that. So we are in a race. And again, I'm a coach. I'm trying to encourage you. Run, run. Keep going. Keep going. Don't stop. Uh, so, that's the practical uh, uh, meaning of, of work, race. So, what is the goal? If you're in a race, it's real simple. Win, right? Nobody gets in a race to lose. Nobody gets in a race to not win. So, the goal of a race is to win. In a speed contest, to win, you must be first. You must be first. You ask somebody who won a race, they don't tell you the name of the person who got in third. Okay? Ah. Uh, uh, you might ask somebody, how'd you do in the race? Hey, I got second. Oh, you didn't win. All right? You have to be first to win in a speed contest. Nobody names the second, third place winner for win. Who won the uh, race in the Olympics? They tell you the name of the person who got the gold medal. Even though it is incredibly wonderful, if you were the fourth fastest runner in the world, you're still not considered the winner of the race. So in a speed contest, to win a race, you must be first. There's only one winner in that. To win in the race that is an onward course, the way to win that race, and believe me, if you're in a race, you're in it to win. You don't enter a race to not win. You're in it to win. The way you win is simply finish. And how many people can win in that kind of a race? 
as many as finish. All right? So there's not just one winner. When the Bible tells us to run the race, it's not wanting us to, we have to be first. It's talking about finish the course. And we'll look at that a little bit more, what that, what that all means. Everyone that finishes win, uh, wins in an onward course. So, how do we achieve this goal of winning in the kind of race that we are engaged in? In a speed contest, we must outdo everyone else around us. We must be the best. The success of other people threatens our position in a speed contest. That's what that is. And I, I think we, we have seen examples of Christians who want to be the best. They want to be better than other people. And even Paul kind of squashed that in Philippians 4 with some people I think maybe were bragging about their position and they felt better than other people. And Paul says, we don't want to go there. I'm putting it in my own words. We don't want to go there. If we want to start comparing who is the best in the flesh, I am a Hebrew, not just a Hebrew, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. I was circumcised on the eighth day. If we want to start comparing notes here and flexing muscles, I really can outdo you. So let's not go there. This is not about comparing who is the best. Because if we're going to talk about the law, I was a Pharisee. And not just that, as touching the law, blameless. So let's not compare notes here on who's the best. That's kind of what Paul was saying in, in, in a way on, in that um, some third chapter of Philippians, I think. So in a speed contest, you must be the best. You must outdo everyone else around you. It not, does not seem like a very Christian attitude toward, uh, toward the race. In a race that is an onward co- course, to achieve our goal of winning, we simply must not quit. That's what you have to do to, to, to win the race. And that's where, that's sort of the heart of the message this morning is don't quit. Don't quit in this race. I'm hoping to encourage you. If you're going through rough things in life, if there are relationships that are, are baffling you, if things and challenges are coming up against you, I just want you to, I just want to say to you today, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't stop. You, all you have to do is finish. All you have to do is finish. You don't have to be the best. Just don't stop. In a race that's an onward course, you must not quit. We must go till we finish. <clears throat> Excuse me. Coaches get a little emotional. <laughs> uh, the success of others is no threat to us. So it is a safe environment to help others finish too. All right? And in my experience of coaching people, you can get a lot out of people by making them compete against each other. You can get a lot out of them that way. But it is a much more friendly family environment to have a system where winning is a goal, a standard that you're reaching for, and you don't have to be first. You can then help each other get there. And sometimes a lot more can be accomplished that way than simply having people compete against each other. Because if you're competing against somebody else, you start seeing them as an enemy, a threat. You're not friendly to them. So in order to win, we must not quit in, our, in the kind of race that we're involved in. And we can help others, which is an important point. So what gets in the way of us achieving the goal of finishing our course? 
Okay, there are some obstacles I thought we, we could consider, and I'm sure you may f- we come up with more, but here are the ones that uh, I thought were prominent ones. Doubt can get in our way of achieving the goal, of finishing our course. Being too busy in our lives with other things, good or bad things, can get in our way of finishing the course, continuing to run, which means, remember, doing God's will. Competing interests in our lives can get in the way. A big one is, is uh, falling into sin or simply put committing sin. That gets in our way. That's an obstacle of achieving our goal. Giving into a sin over and over again. Um, the one scripture we read said besetting sin, laying aside the sin that does so easily beset us. And there are, we have those. We have those. I don't, I don't doubt that a, a bit. I know I do. A sin that I have to be so careful about or I will, I will easily fall into it. And it's shameful. It's shameful that that, that can happen and it, you feel so defeated when you do. And you feel like giving up. And what's the use? And there I go again in all of that. But I want to encourage you, that does not have, it's an obstacle, it's a reality, but it is not something that has to keep you from finishing your race. You're in a race, run! The fact that sometimes it's hard is an obstacle. Life is hard sometimes, and difficult, and there's real pain involved. And that is also an obstacle at times. We want to avoid pain. Maybe we want to avoid conflict. That's a big one for me. Sometimes I don't do what I should because I just want to avoid the conflict that's involved in it. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes discouragement or even despair are things that can get in our way, obstacles that can keep us from finishing the course, from running the race. So how do we overcome our obstacles to be able to achieve our goal? And I was trying to think about how, how I could go through that. I mean, it's oversimplifying to say, oh, well, just, just don't sin. Just do God's will, right? But life doesn't... Sometimes we need you know, an encouragement from, from someone else in our life to help us get through. And what I'd like to do for you today, just by means of a demonstration is I'd like to demonstrate what it might look like for a coach to have a runner start a race, and if he could be right beside him the whole way. What it might look like as that runner gets tired, as that runner wants to quit, and as that runner's getting closer to the end. And so I'm going to be a coach, and I'm going to coach a runner on this race from here to there. Okay. All right, hey, uh, I really would like you to run a race for me. Okay, coach, yeah, I'll do that for you. Are you, are you really uh, willing to do this? Because it'll be hard. Yeah, I'll do it, coach. All right, but if you're going to do this race, I need you to give me your best. Yeah, coach, I'll give you my best. Your very best. You're going to give me your very best. Yeah, coach, I'll give you my very best. Okay, well then let's go. All right, start running. Okay, go. There you go. Good, looking good. Yeah, that's good. Keep going. That's right. That's right. Keep going. Now stretch out those legs a little bit more. Okay. Give me a little more stride on that. That's right. Good. Keep going. That's good. All right. Hang in there. Hang in there. Keep going. You told me you give me your best. 
Hey, you're slowing down now. You don't do that. Don't slow down. You can give me more. Come on. Keep going. Come on. Go. Come on, coach. I'm getting tired. No, I know you. I know you are, but you can keep going. You've got more. There's a lot more to go yet. Come on. Keep going. You can go. There you go. Keep going. Don't stop. Don't slow down. It's hard. I'm starting to run out of strength. Well, find more strength. Negotiate with your body to find more strength. Seek God, but you keep going. You cannot quit. Come on. You told me you give me your best. Give me your best. Your very best. Come on. You can go. Keep going. Keep going. It's hard. It hurts. I know it hurts, but you've got to keep going. You cannot quit. Come on. You told me you would go. I know. Well, keep going. Don't look back. Here. Get back up. Get back up. Go. Go. Don't worry about it. You fell. Keep going. Come on. Run. Come on. It hurts. I've got pain. I know you do, but you can keep going. Not much further. Come on. You can go. Come on. Luke Miller, you told me you wouldn't quit on me. Come on. Let's go. Go. You're almost there. You can make it. That's what it might look like for a coach to to get somebody to keep going when it's hard, when they've fallen. When I practiced that, the runner fell a few more times. But uh, it's, it's, it's just a demonstration of, you know, it hurts at times, but you can't stop. And a good coach won't let you. A good coach can get more out of you than you thought you could, you could do. And we can do more than we can do. When is it over, though, for us? Because for some people, they have things that are happening in their life that seem like they never end. They never quit. They're always fighting this. Whether it's relationships or whether it's uh, uh, challenges in their lives, uh, things that they can't seem to get past. When is it over? When have I done enough? When have I finished well, for us, the race doesn't stop till we stop breathing or until the Lord returns. And we don't know when that's going to be because, in a sense, God blindfolds us so that we don't quit when we thought we've done enough. We've gotten close enough and we quit. God doesn't want that to happen, so he blindfolds us. He doesn't let us see how close the finish line really is because he knows he can get more from us that way. We have more to give. So why is it important not to quit? Why is it important not to quit? And this is a point I really want you to, to take to heart. You are an influential member of this body, every one of you. From the brother who preaches, to the sister, to a young person, to even children. We all have influence on somebody in this church, in the community we're at, uh, in our extended families, you all are influential members of this body. Your actions influence others. If you walk around defeated when you're challenged, so will others. Okay. If you push through when the challenges come, that helps encourage others. If you make it, if people see you making it, they will be encouraged to press on too when it gets hard for them. But if you walk around defeated, you, others will be influenced that you don't even know about sometimes. The church needs us to use the things that God has gifted us with to help others in our race. Well, what about the fact that I've blown the race, you might say. And my question would be, what do you mean? What do you mean you've blown the race? Well, maybe I never started the race. Well, then get saved, start running, don't quit, and finish. 
Yeah, but I started the race, but I discovered sin in my life. Then repent. Run, don't quit, and finish the race. You don't understand. I, I willfully give into, into temptation, and I don't know how to quit. Then repent, get Christian help, don't stop, don't look back, run and finish the race. You still can do it. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape, that ye may be able to bear it. I think sometimes we're not only talking about endurance to run the race when it's hard, but we're talking about resilience to get back up when we fall. In a race. And that sometimes when you fall in a race is a very discouraging situation to be in. A lot of times when you fall, your hope falls too. And, and your, and your will to go on. But what about broken relationships? I've got, I've got relationships that are, are so messed up in my life. Now, don't give up. Don't give up. We, you can still run the race. Even with, if that's the case. I, I've sinned so much that I don't even have a testimony anymore. You can, you don't give up. You can still move on. Even with that, you can still move on. There's still a race to run. I'm no good. I'm just no good anymore. I, I've fallen too many times. Don't give up. Are you still breathing? Do you still have a heartbeat? Then it's not too late. Get up and start running. Go. Finish the race. Isaiah 40, 31 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run. They shall run and not be weary. Philippians 3, 14, uh, 3 13 and 14 says, Paul says, I love this picture, This one thing I do And it fits this message so well. This one thing I do. And it's like he's frozen in time. Like like that picture of a racer. You know, it's like he's frozen in time. He's in mid-stride. He's pressing. This one thing I do. Forgetting those things that are behind. And reaching forth to those things which are ahead. He's no longer focused on his failures. His sins. The fact that he killed Christians. All of that. That people are eyeing him with, with, uh, with contempt because of some of the things he's done in the past. Uh, forgetting those things that are behind, which is what we need to do. And pressing forth, reaching forth to those things which are ahead. The goal to finish. I press toward the mark. I strain to get there to, for the prize of the high calling of Christ Jesus. Paul is giving us a picture of the one thing we have to do. Keep going. We just have to keep going. No matter what's happened no matter what's coming against us, we can still put one foot in front of the next, figuratively, in our Christian life, and keep going. You don't ever have to give up. Don't quit, no matter what. So what is waiting for us at the finish? We get a little glimpse of that. Second Timothy 4. 7 and 8. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, Paul says, 
There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. So Paul is talking about what's waiting for him at the finish line. But he goes on to say, and not to me only, but also to all them that love his appearing. So there's a crown of righteousness waiting for us when we finish our course. 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. Eternal life is also waiting for us when we finish our course. And then remember what Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So by him we can come to the Father. By him we get to, to, to spend eternity with the Father in heaven through Christ when we finish our course. I'd like to close with by reading a poem that, that has profoundly encouraged me. And I never tire of reading this thing. And it may be one that some of you are familiar with, but I never hesitate to read this. It's, it's so, such a stirring picture of a race and what that can mean for us. And it's been much encouragement for me. So I will close with this poem. The poem is entitled, The Race. Whenever I start to hang my head in front of failure's face, my downward fall is broken by the memory of a race, a children's race. Young boys, young men, how I remember well. Excitement, sure, but also fear. It wasn't hard to tell. They all lined up so full of hope. Each thought to win that race. Or tie for first, or if not that, at least take second place. <clears throat> their parents watched from off the side, each cheering for their son, and each boy hoped to show his folks that he would be the one. The whistle blew and off they flew like chariots of fire. To win, to be the hero there was each young boy's desire. One boy in particular, whose dad was in the crowd, was running in the lead and thought, my dad will be so proud. But as he speeded down the field and crossed a shallow dip, the little boy who thought he'd win lost his step and slipped. Trying hard to catch himself, his arms flew every place, and midst the laughter of the crowd, he fell flat on his face. And as he fell, his hope fell too. He couldn't win it now. Humiliated, he just wished to disappear somehow. Sometimes I cry when I read this. But as he fell, his dad stood up and showed his anxious face, which to the boy so clearly said, get up and win that race. <clears throat> he quickly rose, no damage done, Behind a bit, that's all. He ran with all his mind and might to make up for that fall. So anxious to restore himself, to catch up and to win. His mind went faster than his legs. He slipped and fell again. He wished that he had quit before with only one disgrace. I'm hopeless as a runner now. I shouldn't try to race. But through the laughter, laughing crowd he searched and found his father's face, which steady, with a steady look that said again, Get up and win that race. 
So up he jumped to try again, ten yards behind the last. If I am to cane those yards, he thought, I'll have to run real fast. Exceeding everything he had, he regained eight, then ten. But trying hard to catch the lead, he slipped and fell again. Defeat! He lay there silently, a tear dropped from his eye. There's no sense running anymore. Three strikes, I'm out. Why try? But then he thought about his dad, who soon he'd have to face. Get up, an echo sounded low. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. (laughs) Then he thought about his dad, who soon he'd have to face. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I messed the, the meter of this. Get up, an echo sounded low. You haven't lost at all. For all you have to do to win is rise each time you fall. Get up, an echo urged him on. Get up and take your place. You were not meant for failure here. Get up and win that race. So up he rose to run once more, refusing to forfeit. And he resolved that win or lose, at least he wouldn't quit. So far behind the others now, the most he'd ever been, he still gave it all he had and ran like he could win. Three times he'd fallen, stumbling. Three times he rose again. I'll read it. I'll finish it. (laughs) I know I repeated myself. Too far behind to hope to win, he still ran to the end. They cheered another boy who crossed the line and won first place. Head high and proud and happy. No falling, no disgrace. But when the fallen youngster crossed the line in last place, the crowd gave him a greater cheer for finishing the race. And even though he came in last with head bowed low, unproud, You would have thought he'd won the race to listen to the crowd. And to his dad, he sadly said, I didn't do so well. To me, you won, his father said. You rose each time you fell. And now, when things seem dark and bleak and difficult to face, the memory of that little boy helps me in my own race. For all of life is like that race with ups and downs and all. And all you have to do to win is rise each time you fall. And when depression and despair shout loudly in my face, another voice within me says, get up and win that race.